0: Ways to kill Gabby Roslin. That was an actual feature in a certain tabloid newspaper many years ago. I'll ask Gabby Roslin all about that on this week's Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack. Welcome to the show. As well as Gabby Roslin, advice about paint from two decorators and a microphone, The entrepreneur, Simon Squibb, will talk about the Good Luck Club podcast. Tom Fordyce, the man behind That Peter Crouch podcast, will talk about his podcasting company, Crowd Network. And Gary Hayes will tell us how he went from being a football writer at Chelsea to running Highway 61 podcasts. i'm gabby roslin here to tell you all about that
1: gabby roslin podcast i cannot wait for you to hear it this is purely and simply about fun and laughter and with fantastic guests i love chatting to people and i love talking about things that make you happy do you want to hear Dame Judy Dench and her daughter talking about sea otters? Sea otters hold hands when they sleep. They we've do. Seen do. They we've seen drift. them. Yes, we've seen them do it. In, In Vancouver. Canada. Together, and they lie on their back, and one does link arms, one goes to sleep.
2: I think you should know that we're acting out the
3: sea otter
1: thing <laughs> <laughs> just for our own benefit. How about Robbie Williams telling me all about the time he fell down a manhole? I was out
4: jogging. This was in Stoke on Trent and I was in take that. Uh, there was roadworks going on but nobody had put the warning signs around it and I all of a sudden found myself underground. <laughs> and then and then somebody that was just passing by just went, hey, "You're all right.
1: You're all right." And I went, "Yeah, how are you?" <laughs> Any more? Yes, loads more. David Tennant and his wife Georgia, Celia Imrie, Richard E. Grant, Sanjeev Basker, Russell Tovey. Okay, it's really happening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And I'm very excited. It's
2: that Gabby Roslin podcast.
0: Gabby Roslin is this week's guest pod star. The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio, on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com and around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, the High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey and Damien Hughes. 19, and that's why we drink. Chilling ghost stories and true crime. The world's a scary place and that's why we drink. In episode 198, The Watts Family Murders. At 18, two decorators and a microphone from the father and son team of Trevor and Ryan Mangan. Your podcast is for painters and decorators. What's the best bit of advice that you can pass on?
2: We use the same paint all the way through, but then it means it has to be white, but we can probably get the job done about three or four times quicker if they go for white everything. So that's what we're trying to push now, is get everything in white. because Only because you're spraying rentals. Yeah, spraying rentals. So you, um, you just need to mask up the floor, and then you can spray the entire room out, one paint, one colour. Right,
0: without change. Because on a spray job, that's a big deal to change the colours, isn't it? Yeah.
2: There's no cutting in, there's no rolling, there's nothing like that. And it is for rentals. So yeah.
3: You, all so the want. convince them wants, to go it's, all
2: white. It's just a clean... Yeah, and
3: place. you know
0: what? It's all a bloody tenant once. I, you know, I was a tenant f- for many, many years because I moved around to different radio jobs because I keep getting fired. And um, whenever we, whenever we'd moved to a new town and wanted to rent a place, we just wanted something plain. And you'd go in and you, you know, and then you'd walk into one room and it'd be like it'd be like gold and red wallpaper and like look like an Indian restaurant in one of them. It's like. What's the matter with you? This is supposed to be a rent or make it as plain as possible and it'll be more appealing to more people. So you're right anyway. Yeah.
2: But that's yeah, we do try sometimes and especially sometimes like older colours are quite hard as well. If reds red's oh. are
5: horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible,
2: things like that. Yeah. They never seem to have any body to them. They always appear a bit transparent. Trans yeah, yeah. Translucent. Like yeah. I'll just put
0: my And how's lockdown been for you then? I've actually made more money
2: in the past four or five months than I ever have doing anything, really. Why is that? Well, I think it's a case of no one's going out and they're all sat in their houses and sort of realise that they look a bit crap. So (laughs) I've got all this extra money nothing to do and the house looks a bit crap why not get a decorator in? and i think a few of them have had a go themselves yeah giving it a go oh while i've well not-
0: been home yeah see that's one way to get work that's what you should do on mum's net you should encourage them to have a bash
2: <laughs> got <to> do it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll get more work out of them you'll go oh did you I tell you what we could fix that up for you yeah
2: fine if you see a customer go and see a customer that has tried it themselves and has um done Some work,
0: yeah. They, they do realize. appreciate what
2: you do, they do realize it's not a there's a there's a sort of phrase in the trade if you can pitch you can paint, yeah. Realize that it's not a case of, of that at all, don't they? Yeah, you know, it, so it's, like, you,
0: it's like in radio because they think all you do on the radio is talk and everyone can talk, so everyone knows how to do it. That's why the, the best job in a radio station was the engineer because just no one knows what goes on there, so he can do whatever he likes and no one really knows the so best job in radio is in being an engineer.
2: I was talking to, um, to a nipper that's just started a labouring job. He's 15, 16. I said, there's two ways you can go. I said, put your phone down, leave it in the van, and try and be the best you can be, and do everything for him, try and always be a step ahead of where he's working. Or you be really bad so no one ever asks you to do anything all you're doing all day on site is pushing a broom about and not really doing much of anything you just got to be just good enough not to get sacked and then you're <laughs> on your laurels the entire quite inspirational time all from you right put your phone yeah in. yeah no, i don't touch it because i've got Bruce's headphones now my phone's normally in the middle of the job i don't touch it until i'm done yeah that's why i wear a watch as well Oh, yeah. So I'm not constantly pulling my phone out and looking at it. That was a good tip you come up with as well. Yeah. To get a watch and not use your phone. I got a £5, pound, you know, the old-school Casio watches? Yeah. I've got one of them because if I found that every time I pulled out my phone to check the time, see how long I've been working on something or how long I've left the coat to dry, there'd be a Facebook notification or an Instagram notification, and then I'm sat there scrolling through that for five minutes. Every time you check your phone, you waste five minutes because you're scrolling, so... I you only watch. want
0: to know the time, yeah, so get a watch.
2: And Dad's idea was to get a smartwatch, which would
0: Trevor and Ryan will be back next week to talk about what they said on their podcast that made a listener threaten legal action. Two decorators and a microphone is at number 18 this week on the Pod 20. At number 17, The Football Manager Show by The Athletic. Struggling with football manager? Leaking goals and dropping points? You need The Football Manager Show. Every week, Ian McIntosh speaks to the people who know the game best. At 16, Grounded with Louis Theroux, season two coming soon. At 15, That Gabby Roslin podcast. Gabby, you've done a lot of TV and radio. What's the nicest thing about doing a podcast?
1: The fact that people are coming up to me in the street and singing, that Gabby Roslin podcast. <laughs> uh, <Beth laughs> Safari, who wrote that music, I got in touch with her. She's been on my radio show. And I, I said to Beth, do you know what? Is there any chance you could write me a jingle? And she went, yeah, what do you want? I said, well, can you just send something through that's upbeat, that people will sing, you want to dance to, that's sort of, I don't know, you know. And she sent that through. And I was and i played it to my kids and the production company Cameo who make it with me who are fantastic the producers and we all just went oh my god we're singing it around the house so uh, beth macari bless you for that um but but i suppose i'm surprised each and every time that that they are so open and they want to have a laugh
0: do you think it's been easier because of lockdown
1: um I suppose yes, I mean there's the one that we're putting out next week, though so I won't say who it is next week, okay. but he's a very very famous uh actor extremely famous movie famous many movie famous very very famous so um uh that it it's j it's just lovely <laughs> I'm by it. I get very excited, i really do i, I still get. We, in fact, that actor and I, we talk about how excited... He's very famous um, and uh, Oscar famous. And, and we talk about how excited we both get about meeting people. So uh, it's lovely that he feels the same and I feel the same.
0: Well, I'm pretty excited having Gabby Roslin on the Pod 20. More from Gabby soon when we'll talk about when a certain newspaper ran a thing called Ways to Kill Gabby. That Gabby Roslin podcast is at number 15 this week. At number 14, Fern Cotton, Happy Place. Fern talks to incredible people about life, love, loss, and everything in between. At 13, The Ezra Klein Show, the winner of the 2020 Webby and People's Voice Awards for Best Interview Podcast. Number 12, Death of a Sports Star from Crowd Network. Tom Fordyce, who you'll probably know from that Peter Crouch podcast, is the man behind it. Uh, Tom, tell me about Crowd Network.
3: Mm. So Crowd Network um, was set up by myself and uh, two uh, colleagues in the BBC. Um, so we set this up this year and our aim was to use to, to really use a lot of the lessons that we'd learned in different points of our career about what makes great audio and what makes great podcasts. And we had a vision for what the British podcast industry could be. And how it might catch up with where the American podcast industry is. All of us involved are absolutely passionate about podcasts, about writing them, about producing them, about editing them. And we just felt that this was the point. Podcasts are getting bigger all the time, and as as you guys know at Podcast Radio, there is an explosion in the number of podcasts. Some of them are great, some of them are less great, but this is the this is the coming world. You know, audio on demand is the coming world, and we felt that right now was the the point where we wanted to immerse ourselves more fully in it we had lots of ideas for shows um we've been quite ambitious with our launch strategy so we're launching a new pod pretty much every week from the point where the company launched in in september we've got a great list of shows stacked up for the new year so it's been a really exciting time i say we're all passionate about podcasts we're all podcast listeners we're all podcast writers or editors or producers and we just thought this is what we want to be doing
0: so what's next
3: well well there is a really good show we've, we've done, which has just launched, called The Mentor, which we're really excited about. So The Mentor is based on the premise that 2020 has been a pretty rubbish year. For most <laughs> For most people, hasn't it? <laughs> and we wondered what it would be like if you had someone on speed dial who was able to give you the most incredible advice. And we also wanted to do something for people from disadvantaged backgrounds, for BAME candidates. So what we've done is we've... We've got three, I won't call them kids, three young people who've had difficult years, different backgrounds, but all with their own challenges and ambitions. And we hooked them up with the mentor. And the mentor is a man called Rick Lewis, who is uh, Britain's most successful black businessman, incredibly charismatic guy, who has set up any number of businesses. He runs the Black Heart Foundation as well, who is charismatic and clever and interesting, successful. So these three young people have now got twelve weeks to turn their year around. They can phone Rick whenever they want. If he is enjoying what they're doing and think it's sensible, then they can tap into a pot of five thousand pounds each to make their plans come off. So it's fascinating listening to these. I say so the completely different backgrounds these these three, um, and you're listening to their stories and you're blown away by what they've gone through and what they're struggling with, but what they're still trying to do. You're fascinated by the advice Rick is doing them and how he's relating to them and how he's putting a metaphorical arm around them and steering them through it. But what you're also doing, I think Graham is you're putting yourself in their shoes and you're saying to yourself, if I'd had the disadvantages they've had, would I be where they are now? Or would I have without a trace? And if, if I was in their shoes now with Rick and this potential 5,000 pounds and I had 12 weeks, where would I get to? Hmm. So that's a, that's a really good show. It's a really, really different show it's almost like it's almost like imagine The Apprentice. If you if all the candidates on The Apprentice were really likable, and if <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a stretch,
0: than, but yeah,
3: rather than backstabbing <laughs> maniacs, um, <laughs> so it's that's a really good show, and that's been um, that's been one that I'm only tangentially involved in. That that uh, Louise Gouillon, one of our producers, is running, but it's been a lovely show to listen to and to to to, to fit to hear develop. And to try and find out where these three will end up, how far they'll go. You don't know how it's going to end. We don't know how it's going to end. Yeah, that's So there's right. a, there's a new, new pod every week, and they you know this is a real life thing. How are they getting on with their, their twelve weeks to save their year?
0: Yeah, good. stuff. And that was called the mentor.
3: The mentor, yeah, that's out now. So
0: there's the uh, there's the mentor, there's the Joe Marler show, there's death of a sports star, there's death of a rock star, and of course there's that Peter Crouch podcast. So yeah. keeping you busy.
3: Keeping very busy. Yeah.
0: I better get busy now counting down the chart Tom and Death of a Sports Star is at number 12 this week Tom will be back on next week to talk about the sports stars he met that ended up being on Death of a Sports Star At number 11 Mom Made Me Do It Saffron Barker and her mum Wendy chat all things mums and daughters in everyday life totally unfiltered Number 10 The Daily Show with Trevor Noah ears edition let's check in with my special guest pod star this week gabby roslin from that gabby roslin podcast the press haven't always been kind to you gabby at one time one of the tabloids ran a thing called ways to kill gabby what was that all about
1: um that was just their time to be like that about me but it was at the same time that my parents both had cancer uh, in different hospitals, my mum was dying, and my dad was just getting over cancer so do you know what it's you that it's a long time ago, and um i don't really live in the past i don't i'm very much i live in the moment I'm very grateful for all of those things and when you hear people saying that, you always think, "Oh, not again, but I've always been like that, and I've always been um somebody who uh used to apologise for being happy all the time until mum died, and then I thought, I'm never apologising again, I'm just going to... I am, I am, I am. My parents called me Pollyanna when I was a child, Mary Poppins, and I am a bit like that. I do like... I'm a bit sort of, let's make everything fun and happy.
0: It's made you the perfect host for Children in Need many, many times. Do you have a a favourite Children in Need movement? Because that's another crazy live show.
1: It's not like that anymore. It's really sad, I suppose, that it's they don't have just two people doing the seven hours. They have different people, and I know it was very tough this year, and I think they did amazingly well, a huge amount of money raised. Uh, but working with Terry, you know, he's another TV god. Yeah, my word. Terry always used to say, "It's not brain surgery, um, it's just TV." And so, you know, if something went wrong, well, that's the joy about live. If something goes wrong, you just Say, "Oops, it's gone wrong." Let's let's carry on.
0: Uh, what, what are the main fans. differences between working with, say, Chris Evans and then working alongside Terry Wogan? They they seem like totally different personalities. They
1: are. The, the three of us worked together. So when we did the Terry and Gabby show, Chris produced it and yeah. Terry and I presented it. Um, and yeah, they're very. They are. They, well, they were because Terry's no longer with us, but very different. Terry was very laid back um just went with exactly whatever was coming he didn't like um rehearsing neither does chris neither do what do i so children in need we never never rehearsed it we just knew sort of vaguely what we were going to do um big breakfast was unscripted i much prefer unscripted
0: and you have a thing in your ear with somebody talking to you though when you're doing that yeah yeah so you've always and got I- a safety net
1: No, well, I like that open and it means that I get to hear the director calling shots. So you'll hear the director saying, "Um, camera one, camera two, oh, is somebody not in the building? Oh, can I have some sweets? You know, so I I, I, and it drives my husband mad because I'm able to listen to what's going on at every table. If we ever go out to eat ever again, (laughs) Um, uh, but I'm always able to, to hear what other people are saying.
0: Well, it's lovely hearing what you're saying, Gabby Roslin. Well, coming up, we'll find out what it was like working on The Big Breakfast with Chris Evans. This is the Pod 20, the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts. And at number nine this week, No Such Thing as a Fish, the award-winning podcast from the QI offices. Number eight, How to Vaccinate the World from BBC Radio 4. And seven, The Good Luck Club from the entrepreneur... Simon Squibb. Simon, how did this all start?
4: I knew some people that had started businesses from scratch that were just mind-blowingly interesting stories and I knew if, um, if I could get those stories downloaded and, and shared with uh, enough people that would inspire people to start a business with purpose and to think about starting a business of their own And these people, I mean, what I try to do is interview the world's most successful entrepreneurs, but the ones you've never heard of. So, you know, I've got famous people coming on, um, but I I actually like it when you've got someone that's done something absolutely mind-blowing, but you don't know their name. You've never even heard of them. And so I try to interview people like that. They're not necessarily getting on stage like Elon Musk every day um, telling people what they should do. They um, c- can be reserved, they can be, um, you know, um, just getting on with building their businesses, don't have a lot of time, um, but they have a story that if shared can shed light on how to build a business for someone out there that wants to do uh, their own business. And so I just knew if I could, if I could convince uh, my network to give an hour of their time, I could do two things. One, um, document their story which also is a personal thing for me. My father never documented his business career, and as a 15-year-old, I never I never really understood what he did or how he did it. He was quite a successful business person, but he you know, he died suddenly, and I never got to find out really how he did it. And so, you know, I always wished that there was a podcast out there of my father explaining what he did and how he did it and his moral code and his his focus on life and what he thought about things. And so I thought to myself, you know, having uh, all these brilliant people out there in the world with their stories, I must get them on our podcast, and, and then their families and their children and their grandchildren will be able to listen to this later and hear the story of how their mother or father or you know grandfather or grandmother uh, managed to build a business and And also at the same time, hopefully those stories, there'd be nuggets in there um, that other people. Could could leverage. What surprised me about doing the podcast, and 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 does really excite me today, is I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. You know, I built seventeen companies. I've invested in sixty six startups. I've seen it all. I thought until I listened to these stories, and I, I have learned every time I've done this podcast as a person interviewing them. I have learned so much that sometimes I get off the podcast and like if no one ever listens to that, I've still I, I've got something from it. You know, like. <laughs> um, hopefully you know and and luckily people are also hearing it but 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 you know ultimately um i've really enjoyed the experience of listening to these people's stories and it's inspired me to build what i'm building today um and to really push the envelope of what's possible
0: so who's been your favorite guest so far
4: well that's like asking my favorite child
0: but there must be one that stands out there must be you know, there's just, there's, just a,
4: there's quite a quite. I have to say every single podcast, I, I've now interviewed nearly 60 people. Um, and I, I honestly can say every single podcast, there's been something in each of the podcasts that I've, I've really enjoyed. Um, there, you know, there's always going to be, I guess, ones that I, I know some of the people so well. So for example, I interviewed uh, a guy called Patrick Lee. He's the founder of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, um, and the the, the very uh, successful movie rating website even today, um, it's, you know, really the go to thing for any movie studio. They've got to get high rating on that or their movie won't do well. So he created it. And so just listening to his stories, but you know, I, I invested in him. So I have, a, I have a, an, an interest in his his life and I invested in his businesses. And, and so, you know, there's a personal thing there for me that, you know, I've been a part of his journey. So, it, you know, he's telling his story. It's absolutely unbelievable. He's brutally honest, which I really love, because at the end of the podcast, he talks about his failures as well as his success. And he talks about how after Rotten Tomatoes, he's done five startups since then that haven't done as well. You know, and you kind of think if you've had one success, you know exactly, you know, how it all works. And so therefore your second one, your third one should be a cinch, you know. Um, But you know, I love it when people are honest. And so Patrick Lee is definitely one of those ones that I really appreciate his honesty. I've I've enjoyed kind of breaking the mold of what an entrepreneur is. So I interviewed Adele Parks. She's um, the second most successful author in the UK. She's the most best-selling fictional author, and um, she, and she. I mean, you wouldn't think a writer is an entrepreneur. I mean, you tell people writers, they don't they don't think of writers as entrepreneurs. Uh, but her story is so entrepreneurial. You know, uh, when she started out, single parent, writing books, carrying a you know child around know um, trying to uh, launch a book while um, while you know looking after her, uh, a baby it's just fascinating you know the hustle involved in what she's now a successful author and everyone just thinks oh she's talented you know she just wrote a book it's not that easy without knowing the nuance of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and a writer um, I just interviewed finally an Adele Lim she's the uh, creator or co-creator for uh, Crazy Rich Asians which is a smash hit movie again you wouldn't you wouldn't think as you know, a movie is a big movie studio behind it. So, you know, it, an entrepreneur is behind that movie, and and fascinating listening to her story because she was actually um, paid a lot less than the male co-creator for that. And so she then made a stand when the movie studio wanted to make a second Crazy Rich agent movie and said, "I'm not going to do it because you know you don't you don't see me as equal to to the co-creator because you're paying him differently." It's just fascinating, anyway. So so every single one of the stories to me. Um, what I really like is they're authentic. People are really honest. You know, mental health comes up, um, talking about the struggle of being a sole founder, building a business on your own, managing, you know, cash flow, worrying about paying your staff, you know, not going home and burdening your family with your stress. So who do you tell? You know, the, the nitty-gritty of getting through those things, I think, is immensely valuable to the next generation of entrepreneurs. So, so yeah, it's really hard to pick one.
0: Just makes people feel less alone if they're. Uh... They're going through it, I guess, at, yeah. uh, at the same time. And how hard was it technically? Because you don't have a broadcasting background or journalism or any of that. How hard was it to, to start a podcast from scratch?
4: It turned out to be a lot easier than I thought. Um, I, I initially started out with a £100 microphone. I think every podcast show has, has done the same. A USB you know,
0: I, microphone?
4: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. And um, it was a Christmas present from my wife. And, um, and, and I started out doing it very amateur hour, to be honest. And, and then as I put it out and, and people gave me feedback, you know, being someone with pride, I, I wanted to improve the quality of the audio, I wanted to improve the quality of the video, and so I started researching. And, and what really sped up my whole process is I hired a couple of people that knew the industry. And, and they helped me with all the gear. Uh, so um, big big shout out to Connor, uh and 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 the team there. You know, I basically without without I learned a lot of stuff myself as well about YouTube YouTube. I got on TikTok, and I went back into these platforms and and just used them. And you know, I spent the first couple of weeks just consuming content from those platforms, picked up you know the nuances of each of the platform, and then went back out and you know, and built it up. The equipment was the same. I, I started out with the simple microphone and next thing you know, I'm I'm giving, you know, road microphones, um, I'm emptying my bank account into theirs <laughs> as I as I buy equipment and pad out studios and, and, and get all the all the professional stuff that you need to do it right. And but it was a process, a bit like my gardening company. I, I didn't go and buy twenty lawn mowers from day one. You know I bought a crappy one um, from day one uh, with the deposit money that I got from the clients and so I still apply the same process I I don't go out and waste money on lots of equipment I don't need I, I buy as I need so um, you know I've literally I think I'm now on my 10th backup card one of these things you know okay. these backup memory card units yeah you know, but at first I just kept it on my laptop until my laptop started crying and, and breaking down and then I said okay and I'll invest in some backup of, of the podcast and And so you know step by step um, you you increase your cost um, but you also increase the quality
0: hopefully along the way and there's no advertising on it is that deliberate yeah that's
4: deliberate I'm not against advertising but I have a kind of I want to keep the podcast quite pure and I, I have a lot of people that approach us for affiliate marketing and again I'm not against it it's just that I don't want people to have to listen to the podcast to then be told that they should sign up to GoDaddy or they should sign up to this, that, or the other. Um, And therefore, they click through, I make money off them. I I wanted to try and keep it pure. Um, However, I am working on some big brand partnerships, but I didn't want to just initially do the affiliate partnership stuff and and just make money off people clicking through and and, and not necessarily sell something I 100% believe in. So um, I just wanted to keep the content pure. Plus, myself personally, my, one of my gripes with podcasts is it takes me forever to get to the content. And, and so um, I thought it would be interesting to just run the content straight off the cuff, give it to people without any um, hassle, and, and just let people you know get from the podcast what they could without me having, or not, or having to sell them anything to, to make a living. And that's one of the great things about being able to do this business when I've kind of Made all the money I need. It's a beautiful position to be in because I, I can hopefully create pure things. A bit like my videos. People often, you know, say, "Well, you could charge me a consultancy, Simon. I'd be happy, you know, for you to charge me to help me with this business." And I say, "Well, here's all the content for free. You know, like I'd rather you invested in that business in hiring people, invested back in your business and growing the business and making it COVID-proof. You know, like, and that's actually really nice to be able to do that." Um, it's been interesting because sometimes with free, people get a bit confused. You know, They wonder what the catch is. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's been nice to try and just keep it pure. But eventually, you know, I will have um, brand partnerships, um, not necessarily advertising, brand partnerships with the podcast. But, but initially, I just wanted people to get straight to the content, it to be useful, and then them to get off without having anything you know, shoved down their throats at the end.
0: It's the Good Luck Podcast with Simon Squibb, It's where you get your podcasts, it's on Apple and Stitcher and everywhere you get podcasts and it's also on podcast radio. What's next for Simon Squibb?
4: Well, we've helped 42 people start a business so far so um, we've got quite a lot of uh, more people to help over the next coming years. I I hope that we can make an impact uh, and, and, and help the economy not be so affected. Um, I, we hope we can help people find their purpose in life. So, so my mission for the next seven years is is to help people find a business they love and build something that's purposeful to them. And hopefully, uh, I'll have some time in between to uh, play with my son and watch him grow up. That so, if I achieve those two things and stay healthy in between, I'll be I'll be happy.
0: Well, good luck with that, Simon. And the Good Luck Club podcast is at number seven this week on the Pod Twenty, number six, Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co author of the Freakonomics books. Let's catch up with this week's guest pod star, Gabby Roslin from That Gabby Roslin podcast. Your first claim to fame was on The Big Breakfast, which you co hosted with Chris Evans. What was Chris like to work with?
1: Bliss. Heaven. He's a Had genius. you met him beforehand? Probably... No, but I used to watch him. So uh, when we were in the makeup chair for Motormouth, he was on television up there on the TV. Uh, I was having my makeup done. We we all used to watch Chris on, he was on very early morning Saturday telly and we watched him and we all thought he was mad and brilliant. And then the very first audition for The Big Breakfast, he was there, we auditioned together and we I did five, sc- he he'd been offered the job. I did five screen tests and every single time I fell in love with the show more and, and just Chris and I just got on from day one. And then they, when they offered me the job, I screamed and screamed and
0: screamed. What is it about him then, having worked with him? What is what is it that sets him apart? Because you know his his success Brilliant. has been phenomenal, and he's reinvented himself a number of times, and he's had failures oh, along the way, but he just bounces back.
1: Uh, he hasn't he hasn't reinvented himself. He's still the same person, really? he's exactly. The same person. When we see, when I go and see him, and I'm a uh, a guest on his Virgin show. We still breathe in each other. We know when each other's breathing and thinking. It's quite bizarre, but, but he hasn't changed. He's exactly the same. He's just probably a bit calmer, but we both are still very hyper. We both love what we do. Um, he, he looks at the whole. He doesn't look at each thing and look at it individually. He, he taught me a lot. He says I taught him a lot. I suppose I was the calm, he was the mad, although I'm pretty mad, so he was calm. We knew how to balance each other out. We were very blessed and very lucky, and we all, we know that. We absolutely know that.
0: And it would have changed your life, Big Breakfast. You mentioned that you didn't get into TV presenting for the fame, but how did you deal with the fame that that brought you?
1: I, I, it has never been, it's weird, because I've been onto everybody's, Television and and now radio now for twelve years, but television for for thirty three years. And thank goodness I'm still working. That that people are used to me, so I don't. People just say hello to me. Everyone knows I chat to everybody. I really do. So I'll be walking and I walk everywhere. I go on about that and I just go hi, good morning, good. Afternoon. You know, people chat to me. Occasionally, it's a bit weird, but that you know, if somebody really wants to know your deep dark secrets. Or because um, I don't have any, <laughs> uh, but also if they want to hug you, or obviously you can't these days. But but so there are certain things. But but otherwise everybody's been really nice to me, and you know the the press have their people that they want to have a go at and people they don't want to have a go at. But I think I've just lucky. I've just carried on.
0: Well, thanks for carrying on on the Pod 20 this week. Gabby Roslin, who'll be back next week to talk about how she overcame shyness to become a TV presenter. Number five this week is Desert Island Discs. And the latest castaway is Arsene Wenger. Number four, the Joe Rogan Experience. Now on Spotify. Well, they paid enough for it. Number three, Drop Shot, the narrative podcast series that delves into the world of tennis. It's made by Highway 61 Podcasts, which is run by Gary Hayes. Gary, you started out as a football writer at Chelsea. How did you go from that to running a podcast company?
6: Yeah, I I got bored, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In in all seriousness, what I did is um, I I went so far as I could at Chelsea. And um, that's when I realised, I was like, look, I can't just... I can't just like live this dream forever. And I and I I realised as well that, you know, Bruce Springsteen aims to sell out Giant Stadium in Rutherford and he's playing to hundred thousand <laughs> people and, and I had targeted just getting to Chelsea and I was like, I need to reassess, you know, what, what I'm doing and a lot of it as well was just being stubborn and you know, I remember teachers telling me, You'll never do that. You are never gonna do that, you know. So it was just um it was just me going, f you basically um and i know that sounds really bad but i was just like that was my that was my uh my motivation was just like that's what you told me i couldn't do it i'm gonna do it and then i would say in the end i realized that if i wanted to do more i needed to sort of leave uh, which i did um which i didn't want to do but i knew i had to do it um and then i just started you know doing a lot of other stuff um and i've worked for bleacher report and um and from there, CNN, and then I just where journalism's gone. That I just realised I was like, you know, and the media. I realised that the stories that I'm trying to tell, I just couldn't tell them in these traditional ways anymore. You know, I wrote, I wrote a book about John Terry, and um, again, just getting getting a book published was like this amazing moment for me. What well, it should have been, and it was just sort of that just really, um, yeah, that was. I just didn't like the process of it. And it just really, uh, it really felt um, like it was an ugly process. And What, what, write,
0: like... what the writing process or the getting the no, book no, out? no, it was the,
6: the publication process. You know, just like something that you're doing that you're working so hard on, then you realise that it's just actually this, the fate of this is in the hands of other people. And um, and then also having it that where you're writing, where it's getting changed so much, where you're like, that's not the story here though. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, it was just called, like, John Terry, 50 Defining Matches. And they wanted to tell his story through 50 games, you know. And so when I wrote it, I wanted to tell the story of where he was and have this narrative flowing throughout of, like, you know, trying to put him in context of what's going on elsewhere. But they wanted just 50 match reports. I was like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so I I didn't do 50 match reports. But then I was, like, constantly having it out with the uh so I just realized my posture was really bad there um I, I kept constantly kept having it out with the the publishers and it was just a negative experience for me really it might be that it's just me being too idealistic again and I wasn't being realistic but so I, I did that and I, I just got to this point where and you know, I'd heard serial and I was just it's like there's a better way of doing this there's a better way to do this but then in the UK it's I think that the UK will get there and that's why I'm sort of chomping at the bit, like quick, quick, we got to catch up. You know, as highway 61, we've really got to be pushing, 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 you know, there can't be 24 hours in a day. It needs to be 26, you know, yeah. just like, cause I feel like everyone's going to catch on at some point and we need to sort of be the first independent that's doing it. Not, you know, I know the BBC do some great things, but obviously that's the BBC. And I'm like, no, we need, we really need to try getting ahead and, um, and yeah just do it doing the books and you know trying to do other stuff that i just realized that if i wanted to do it and do it my way i needed to show a bit more courage and a bit more um i don't know a bit entrepreneurial a bit more of an entrepreneurial attitude i guess just Um, do it yeah 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 just do it exactly yeah to, (laughs) to to steal nike's slogan right yeah just just do it and it took a lot. It took a while for me to get there, but then I say now to people like, "I wish I did this five years ago." Yeah. But then it's also you know do you think, "Well, if you did it five years ago, it probably wouldn't have got off the ground." And now I feel like we're building up this you know this real energy and this real um, this real uh, momentum with it, with podcasting um, where, well, or, or with yeah. just
0: with Highway sixty one.
6: Well, just with the podcast and Highway sixty one, and um, you yeah, know where we're we going with it. We've only released two podcasts since we you know were officially created this year but in terms of what we've got in production we're doing so much and it's just like all of this all of these ideas that i'm bringing out where you know there is a chelsea project of course there is well there's two um but then there's film projects there's you know other sport projects there's music projects um and yeah there's a lot of passion that goes into them but at the same time they're projects that i think that have really got legs and that can really do a lot you know and so that's sort of how I went from being this football writer who you know wasn't hitting the heights of Henry Winter but then I didn't try to because I was trying to carve a different path and uh and then it, I think I just realized maybe a little bit too late what I wanted to be and then you know my colleague Kerry Levy um he's a document documentary maker I met him because he's a Chelsea fan I did a podcast with him that it was sort of meeting and Kerry that sort of pushed me along to the lines to where I get now, where I was like, I sort of realised what I was. And I, and I think I was scrapping around in the wrong area for a bit too long. I think,
0: I think as a filmmaker, he, I get the feeling that film podcast, narrative podcasting is closer to filmmaking than it is to, to broadcast journalism.
6: Yeah. Much it, it definitely is. Yeah. It really, really, really is. And, and this is the thing is that my friendship with Kerry um, started, it was almost like we became friends because of Chelsea but then we stayed friends because of the documentaries that we love, you know. That our friendship goes way beyond Chelsea. And Kerry has made some really and really really good work. And the the best bit. So basically, before I asked him to come on board to help me make this Chelsea project that we've been working on for a while, I was like, I just want to make sure that you know what he talks about is applied to his documentaries. And I I watched this documentary called Bananas that he did, where he's um he he follows the, the band Gorillas around for for seven years <clears throat> and I just watched it and there was it, was it was a really good documentary but there's one point in it that just sort of just it was that you know eureka moment that I was like okay Kerry talks the language that I want to talk you know not necessarily the same language as me but what Kerry has done there is what I want to do Um, and in it was what just this... way
0: with like a running thing or, so, thing yeah, or
6: something yeah so yeah so what happened is at the start of the film Damon is flipping a cigarette into his mouth and he can't get it into his mouth you can't catch it, you know. And then you watch the movie. You watch the movie, and it's like gorillas. It's Just gorillas are being formed, and and Damon and Jamie, the artists, are together where they're creating the whole idea. And then they release the album. They go on tour. They go to the US. They play this gig up in Harlem with Dennis Hopper coming in and all that, you know. And um, and you, so you see this, but not at one point does Kerry say like, you know, ninety seven, ninety eight, two thousand and one, or whatever. And he's got this narrative going. And then at the very end, um, I hope I remember this right, at the very end, they're in a, an airport terminal and Damon's got a cigarette and he flicks it and catches it. And Kerry catches on camera and he looks at the camera and he's like, seven years that's taken me. And that's when I was like, wow, like this documentary is a seven-year journey. And he's bookended it with this very, very small little bit of information. You see it throughout the whole film where Damon's flicking it, trying to catch it, and he can't. Yeah. And and i was like wow he's just like he's shown the the audience he's shown the viewer this is seven years without actually telling them and it is that concept of show don't tell which is so difficult yeah but then when i saw that i was like he's he's done what i want to do yeah. and he's done it in the way that i want to do it and um
0: a great documentary was- i think because it's real can reach you in some sometimes more than a moving movie a, a, a fictional movie i can remember coming back from the States once and I watched... Have you ever seen uh, Finding Sugar Man?
6: Uh, no, Searching for Sugar Searching
0: Man. for Sugar Man. That's it. Searching for... Right? I, I saw
6: that... Incredible.
0: I saw that on a plane coming across the Atlantic. And Julie picked me up from the airport. And she said, so how was it? I said, I saw the most incredible film on the plane. And she went, no, no, how was the the conference here? I said, no, 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 no. soon as we get home, we're going on uh, iTunes and we're going to watch this film. What's it about? So I'm not telling you anything about it. Because that's how I, I, you know, you're on a plane flicking for something to watch. I said, I didn't know anything going in. And it was just amazing. And it is. And Something like that. So I get what you mean. I haven't seen the one you're talking about, but that kind of experience yeah. th- that you have with a documentary, you can't, I, I don't think, I-, I don't know of many, I, don't, I can't think of a movie that's moved me the same way as something like that.
6: Absolutely incredible that is. And the funny yeah. thing is, the guy who produced that or helped produce it to finish producing it, his name's John Batsek. Right. And he's a Chelsea fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, so what happened is um, John knows Kerry, yeah, and we were doing this Chelsea podcast that we do and um, and John came in and um, I was like, oh, hi, how you doing? You know, just before we start recording and we're there to talk about, you know, Chelsea and the, the weekend's fixtures and whatnot. And I said, oh, how do you know Kerry? He goes, oh, I'll make documentaries and stuff. I said, all right. Um, what have you done? And he started listening for you off and he went and did Searching for Sugar. Oh, You did Searching for Sugar, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, John. I was like, that is amazing. And I was going over it with him. and Because um, he, the guy he did it with is a guy called Simon Chin. And he did like Man on Wire and a few others like that. And um, I was just waxing lyrical about it. Then um, I was like, yeah, such an incredible story. And then Rodriguez, the singer, yeah, after that, because I'm massive into Bob Dylan, it's sort of...
0: Well, there's di- it's Dylan-esque, over. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
6: yeah. Um, and then I went to watch him live at the Hammersmith Apollo.
0: Rodriguez?
6: Yeah, because wow. wow. that, and it was just such an incredible experience watching him <laughs> on stage. But I was like, "Wow!" And, and John was a Chelsea fan, so we've um, been talking to John about some of the stuff we're working on now. Because um John's company, obviously being this documentary maker, I was like, "Look, do you think there's a a relationship together? You know, we don't know if we'll be able to do anything together." But I was like, "I'd love to work with you on some stuff," um, because of what you say is like doing these narrative podcasts. It's like audio Kerry yeah it's the same it's the
0: the imagery and the storytelling there's no real difference except it's probably easier in a podcast because you
6: don't need the lighting to be right (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly you just need to sound to be right but Kerry says it was oh you got to drop this narrative podcast malarkey he's like they're not narrative podcasts; they're audio mentories and he thinks he's coined this term audio mentory I'm like no it's narrative <laughs> podcast no, no no I call this term audio mentory in five years time everyone's going to call it audio mentories I'm like yeah all right keep dreaming I'm going to be plugging narrative podcasts, mate but um yeah so that, that's how I sort of got into it really and I was like okay look I can do this and then working with Kerry's I'd sort of like I say I think I just being mates with him and then in the end we would just phone each other like teenage girls like just <laughs> chatting about stuff generally and we just sort of became mates and um and then from there i think i just realized that um i'd been hanging around in the wrong industry for a bit too long um because i had done everything i wanted to do and um not that i achieved like this massive success But i was like hey i completed journalism it wasn't anything like that it was just more like okay look i think i've just everything i wanted to do i've done and I don't want to be here when I'm 45, sort of searching for something to do. And then, um, obviously, one thing leads to another, and then four years down the line, I'm creating Highway 61 in the, you know, in the image that I wanted to, and hopefully it succeeds.
0: So far, so good, Gary. Gary Hayes will be back soon to talk about Highway 61's podcast about Chelsea. Number two on the Pod 20 this week, shagged. Married, Annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. This week, twin Tyler's, an electric boot problem, and Rosie gets her words mixed up. Which brings us all the way to number one. And for the second week in a row, Hunting Ghislaine. With John Sweeney, a podcast from LBC all about Ghislaine Maxwell, the former partner of the convicted paedophile Jeffrey Epstein. That's it for episode 31 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Gabby Roslin, Trevor and Ryan Mangan, Tom Fordyce and Simon Squibb. If you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Next week's guests are Dr. Roger and friends from the Bright Side of Longevity podcast. Dr. Roger Landry, Teresa Beshwaite, and Daniel Pai are a physician, a life coach, and a spiritual guru. Dr. Roger, tell me about the team and the podcast.
5: We're going to stick together no matter what, and uh, I, at least I want to. I, I feel my stocks a lot higher with these two very smart and very well-educated and experienced women. They, you know, they, they're, they're, they're coaches, they're, they're master's level. And some. you have a couple masters, don't you, Danielle? I
6: don't know. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
6: Anyway,
5: (laughs) my point of view, we're going to continue. We're going to continue with a positive message. We're going to continue with a I, I think uh, the mood in the US right now can, can use a lot of positivity, half full uh, type of approach to life, and, uh, and, and make sure that someone isn't defining themselves by negative experiences. So I think more than ever, our message can be positive, if, if, if not for, well, it is for health, but just for outlook. And uh, and uh, just just uh, just a whole positive view of uh, w- what can happen now, you know, where we're going. So I intend to, to stay as, as long as uh, I've got a few neurons working and as uh, <laughs> and, and they'll tolerate me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dr. Roger and friends from the Bright Side of Longevity podcast, my special guests next week on the pod 20 and what will happen on the chart next week. Will Hunting Ghislaine stay at the top for a third week? Will Shagged Married Annoyed go back to the top of the chart? Maybe your favourite podcast will be number one. Find out with me, Graham Mac, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk.